Welcome to Living Better London with me, Natalie Small. This podcast will be your weekly guide to help you navigate the stress of busy city life while taking small steps towards nurturing the mind, body and soul. Welcome to episode two. In this episode, I chat with my good friend and music guru, John Salar, aka Wendy's Child. We discuss the idea of music as therapy and how creation can be so vital in this city. John and I also discuss what happens to music creation when you leave the city. Let's dig in. We were talking about music as therapy. Okay. Yeah. Do, do, I, do I think it was therapy for me? Yeah. Um, well, yes and no. Because um, I've, had, I've had quite a, quite a lot of weighty issues to deal with in my life and I've been writing songs about them expressing my feelings and thoughts about them for for you know, most of my life um uh, at least you know 35 years maybe mm. um and yet at no point did the 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 adverse reactions to this psychological trauma cease yeah through writing therapizing myself with them about music um it it was it was you know i would say, i would say it was it was psychodynamic counseling it was counseling that actually gave me real healing from this stuff but um and then this is i only realized this recently um at university um that actually what they call sublimating i e turning your 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 issues into art doesn't actually heal you psychologically it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't address the trauma um uh in a way that that prevents the trauma from affecting you adversely um but what it did do is it, it i think it enabled me to to keep going to the mm. point where i could get proper help if I, if i wasn't if i wasn't um using my creativity to 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 um exercise the 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 pain from from trauma I, I i don't know where i don't know where it'd be i don't know if i'd be here mm. so um yeah I'm, I, yes and no it therapized to a point where it, it, it anesthetized yeah but it didn't heal yeah or it healed to the point where it, it was part of the healing because it got me to the place where i could come to healing i think it's fascinating as well though when you look at i have this theory about artists when they get to like their second or third album and Mm. why they tend to occasionally not be able to create any longer yeah and i think that you get to a point sometimes of success which actually inhibits your creativity because whatever it was that you might have needed to channel or vent or communicate sort of dissipates yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to believe that, and I, and I, for for a long time, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about that one as well. It's like you need to be angst-ridden, you need to be in pain to produce good art. Mm. But maybe not the true artists. Then I guess is the well, is the point. I would, I would, I would, I would hope not. Mm. I mean, because, but but then nobody, I don't know who's had that, who's had consistent longevity, at a consistently high level. For say three decades, I'm not sure I can think of anybody. Except for like, well, 
In, but a consistently what high level create? popularity to yeah level. popularity is, I think the, pro- the well, issue well, isn't it okay of... yeah well popularity is the wrong thing but quality like I don't know I don't know if I don't you know I don't know if I would if I would rate any of the stuff that Dylan's done in the last 20 or 30 years <laughs> to stuff that <laughs> he did 40 50 years this. ago <laughs> Joni Mitchell, like yeah, Joni or Joni. But who, like Springsteen, like I guess I guess he made a, a quite a good album um, uh, after after nine eleven. But then, well, there's then, still nothing like there was nothing. He's never done anything like Born to Run. See, that's what I'm saying. Where I think that that pain can or not necessarily. But Taylor Swift, pain. though. Oh God, let's not my, get my, onto that. My dear Taylor Swift. <laughs> Her latest album was the best one ever. Oh, really? I, I, I filtered that uh, from my life. I'm not a big fan of Taylor. But, but, but take, take me, if you don't mind me speaking as a, as a, as a recording artist. <laughs> um, I've, done my, I've done my second album, and I did an EP in between. Now, the second one, um, yeah. Uh, but I'm now, in, and then I wanted to do a third one, which you know, we were talking about it. But, but stuff I'm doing now is way less angst-ridden mm. but I think I think because of that it's much more appealing and accessible but still as poignant and I don't know if you've heard much of this stuff like ghetto gent stuff it's some yeah. spoken word stuff um, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was my dear friend Tammy who said to me look if you could just put some of what you're really like into your songs then you know you would really have something a genre and that's what I started to do yeah yeah but 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 even from there, even even from from away from the band, like songs like "Booties Be Beautiful" and stuff, <laughs> "Booties Be Beautiful" and, and "Ghetto Gen" and and "Take Off Your Sock and Piss in Your Shoe," like <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's show, showing more of a, a humour and a swagger and, a, and 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 so it's kind of, um, but I think I think maybe, um, I'm a bit of an exception to that that thing because because my ex was was. Uh, at an extraordinary level, mm. so um, so coming out of that is actually probably put me on the level of most people who are you know kind of you know angst ridden because you know, so so a lot to the sort of stuff that I've done I've written about fifteen of these spoken word songs they're all still quite heavy mm. but they're nowhere nowhere near as heavy as the stuff before because I was I was trying to process unimaginable things yeah um, uh, so. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'll have be able to get the funds or whatever, or ever make a, an, another album. But I, I would imagine if I did, it would, it would, it would, it would be of the same quality. Mm. Um, but well, be a bit of a better quality because it have more humour. Because a lot of the stuff is, is you know, it's so navel gazing. I mean, February Shadows. I don't know if you listened to that lately. I mean, yeah. They're quite, yeah, quite nice. Yeah. We get me and me and Nigel listen to you quite a bit actually oh. on the way to work. Do you listen to Shanktown as much? Which... Shanktown. See, I'm biased because Frank Shanktown is my favourite of yeah. anything. I was really, I was really pleased with that, and you can see a difference in that between that and and February Shadows. But yeah. even that, there's some, yeah, it's dark stuff in that. Yeah, it's um, true. Uh, but I, but I. I, I see my progression as an artist actually is to come out of that into 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 more um, affirming life affirming positive um, stuff and, and 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 insights from somebody who's who's not still in the fray but mm. coming from it and I, and I think that would only improve my art but I'm not sure if many people have that journey I mean because mm. um, 
But then I guess it is the same genre we're talking about. We have artists that, 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 that make albums and then suddenly it takes off and then they're massively, then they're out of the fray and, and they're, they're, you know, they've got all, all the accolades that they wanted and then suddenly there's nothing there. But actually, you know and I know, that's when they actually, they're in the fray. It's actually once yeah. they're, yeah. you know. I mean, maybe Questions that's what it well, is. Maybe, maybe suddenly there's all this spotlight and it's all like, oh, who am I now? I don't, you know, I can't, you know. Yeah. When, you, when, you know when you're battling to be heard... There's a battle, but when it's everyone's waiting to listen, it's like, well, I don't know. Less to portray. Uh, yeah. What would you say as well about um, music creation since leaving London? Because you're now oh, yeah. back into the country life. Mm. It's, it's been practically non-existent. Yeah, see, this is something I wondered. That, I don't know, no, London isn't stress and pain and suffering for everybody but I think it is it definitely has a an element of um what's the word what are you saying it gives struggle it gives, yeah it's got this creative energy and I think it well yeah it's interesting because I, I started writing songs in, in Hertfordshire and mm. um, uh, I was fifth I, I started with about 11 so from about 11 to 17 I was writing songs but I guess and then you yeah, started guitar at 15 and then left at 17. But in terms of the struggle, like one of the, one of the artists that... There was a, if I could sound like any artist, exactly like any artist, it would be like Curtis Mayfield in the 70s. Mm, yeah. And you know my favourite song I want at my funeral, Across 110th Street. Yeah. I just love that sound, that 70s black man struggling in the ghetto. I love that. And I guess that's what London was for me. And I guess that, that probably was my most... Um, prolific time of songwriting um but now like you know i'm at university and stuff and we've got the kids and i don't have the space or the time but i really want to get back into it because personally i i feel like there there was some kind of energetic block or cap on me mm. really getting out there and, and that, that's gone now i know that's gone but it's gone and i'm not taking any steps anymore so it's like um, although I'm playing more, you know, I'm getting more paid gigs yes. in Suffolk yeah. than I ever did in London. But that you know, is and a really I've, important Everywhere thing. I've gone, other than London, my music has been better received, yeah. particularly live performances. This is... and, and somebody sent it to me, it's like London is potentially one of the worst places to try and get somewhere with music, even on a jobbing musician It bugs level. me so much. I mean, think about every... If you came, if you came to Suffolk, they'd shit themselves. <laughs> Literally. I don't want people shit <laughs> my concerts I don't want to deal with that uh, <laughs> no, they're but... shitting themselves over me like do you know what I mean I was like well I was bloody doing this for the last 20 years back there and no one said boo to a goose can you recall ever being paid for a gig that we did that, that we is, did yeah with Wendy's no. Child and and you think about some of yes, the yes one what, no we did one that was a proud Camden I think maybe or, yeah. yeah that's the thing there's such there are so many creative, poetic people, and I know that a lot of people come to London to uh, make it in the city or, or you know, break the city and make a name for themselves. But it isn't exactly an environment that makes that very easy. Like I don't know any artist. I can't think of one band that get paid to perform in London. But it's so beneficial. Even having live music in your establishment is going to increase footfall, give people somewhere to go and a hub or something social. I, I think it's a, such a shame because it, it, yeah. it prevents that creative outlet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I say I'm, I'm, I'm earning, earning more with music in Suffolk than I have in London, but that's not original material. 
Mm. It's all cover versions because nobody, unless unless you already have a name, nobody wants to come and listen to you play your own songs. You like, need to even, sneak even one no in. matter where you are. Yeah, I, I do that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not averse to sneaking one in. Every day, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Nicely done. But yeah, so it's it's it's. So on one level, in terms of the live performance, it and and I know that if I put more effort in, I could I could I could earn a good second income, mm. um, performing cover versions. Mm. But I never I never really wanted to be just, and I'm yeah. not I don't, not I don't mean to be derogatory, but I never wanted to be just a jobbing musician because I still believe that, they, that the songs I write are on a level with any of the cover versions that I play. No, you know? I totally agree, um, and I think that sometimes it's about how you amplify being given the opportunity to amplify your talents and communicate them with people because that yeah it's about i mean it's like it's like you know those those two albums i've made are stand up against a lot of other things that have been successful but you know when i was making for every sense well i need to make this album to get the album made and that's it you know but it's like that that's not even half the battle it's it's everything it's the promotion the marketing Mm. you can have a piece of crap that's marketed well and it'll do wonderfully you know yeah so it's like you know, those two have been sitting on that Apple Apple Music and iTunes for God knows how long, and I've you know made hardly anything from it. You know, mm. um, uh, I was going to go somewhere. Where, where did we go when we, before we started talking about? Oh, the other thing as well about the um, uh, the not doing so much music um, in Suffolk. I would. I think I think the environment, the countryside environment for me. Mm. Potentially, and is actually more creatively conducive. Um, just, just, just not being in an urban area, mm. but the household and whatnot and everything else is not at the moment. And and also, also going back, if we go to the the the, the Freud thing, is you know the, the you know arguably that that my creative output was sublimation because oh yeah I forgot to tell you though this whole thing about like the the the. Um, creative output is sublimating your sex drive mm. like so if you can't fuck it you're going to write you're going to create something well I've I've been quite sexually inhibited my whole life and yeah and I've been a massively prolific artist yeah that's a fair that's point. probably not a coincidence <laughs> you know but now I'm I'm happily married and I'm you know not sexually inhibited anymore good to and know. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> pleased for you well yeah could be a bit better but I'm, you know not, not, not not, not the relationship with my wife, but in terms of my being in touch with my, you know, but but I'm not um, I'm not prolific with my with my songwriting. Mm. At a time where I'm where you know where I'm more catered for more regularly and, and you know adequately than, than 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 I have been at any point in my life. Yeah. Um. So maybe there's something in there. Maybe Freud wasn't totally foolish. No, I can I can kind of see it, but on the flip side, then so. In terms of listening to music, so if you're a, uh, yeah. a London, a city liver, if you've got this stressful, fast-paced lifestyle, yeah. if you could advise anyone to invite any music or any song or any specific artists into your life, other than yourself, obviously, who would it be and why? That is small. <laughs> I wasn't planning that, I promise. Really? <laughs> You didn't see it coming? No, I <laughs> fell into it. Oh, but thanks, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've been through them all, like, you know, and, I've, I've, you know, I've let, listened to stuff from a wide variety of genres, but at the moment, 
actually, yeah, when I was in when I was in growing up in Hertfordshire, because I'm you know, people listen to maybe won't know that I'm black and white, and I was kind of you know in the eighties and nineties in in Hertfordshire, I was kind of in the minority, and and I was very um, you know Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young. I wasn't really exposed to any of my kind of more ethnic culture really I was kind of visit my dad and stuff but it wasn't until I got to Edmonton mm. that I, I started listening to a, a wider variety of stuff and um got into a bit more soul and stuff and 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 and, and funk and you know and, and you know, hip-hop eventually um you know, I'm a big fan of Biggie Smalls and, and, and Tupac and I've converted <laughs> my wife to them as well but um but London I guess in the hip hop vein, I really, I really, really, really rate Roots Maneuver. I think he's, I think he's amazing. He's the only British rapper who stands up with the big boys, the Dr. Dre and Tupac and Biggie. I think Roots and and such a story. Um, mm. You know, he he's had he's had time in psychiatric institutions and whatnot, and he speaks about it. He's not afraid to talk about it. For the benefit of other people to listen to that and think, oh, he's been through that, and yeah. oh, he's got that opinion of that, same as me. And if he thought it and he's there, well, that you know, and that 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 was a huge drive for me. Has been with my music for to be able to share stuff more openly than 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 maybe some other people would, and for people to get some empowerment from that, and that's back to the communication. Um, so Roots Maneuver, Taylor Swift. Oh, I, I, you know, and actually, you know, I've, I've been listening to the Dulipa. I quite like her. Oh yeah, okay, I can get behind yeah, that. And ah, oh, the girl that blow me away lately. She's amazing, Sigrid. I've no, who is it? I have no that's, idea. That's bloody, you don't just get anything I send you. Do I send one? Oh, I'm a very busy side. girl, and it's right. very stressful. Well, I really I sent it. I sent it to you. She, 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 she did really good. Um, sort of put me in mind of you. Um, she's playing a uh, castaway, castaway actually, yeah. a version of that. It's called Dynamite. If I, if you see it come up, you'll watch yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. it. Listen to it. And she's just, um, she's great. It's like, it's like, um, it's like really kind of mainstream pop, but with 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 just a massive amount of empathy. Okay. And authenticity. Um, and she's Norwegian, um, and she's about twenty two, and she was a. Uh, she was a um, she's quite really talented academically, and her parents said, "Right, well, yeah, but if you don't try music, you're never gonna, you know." Which, which is, is the opposite. Oh wow, I want her. Yeah, I'm Scandinavia, you know. <laughs> but she's yeah, check her out. I mean, she's not a threat to everybody's taste, but she's, I think she's brilliant, and um, she's kind of and and I think she's had some uh, dalliances with 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 kind of very kind of domineering partners and whatnot and stuff and but she seems so far she's managed to come through to the point where she's broken through without having to compromise herself too much um and they're well-written songs it looks much like taylor swift they're kind of you know a bit bubblegum pop unless you listen a bit more to, to what's depth. going on lyrically okay. in the depth and very catchy sigrid delipa taylor swift all day long <laughs> roots maneuver and there's a staple for me i you know springsteen dylan blood on the tracks of amazing album jody mitchell um and I've been, yeah, it's interesting because I've, I've, I've been, like the other day we were in the car and I was going through stuff that I was listening to in the 90s, which was, I had forgotten about and stuff like um, uh, Bright Eyes and, um, uh, who else was there, who else was it? Um, some, some newer stuff as well, like Ben Howard, I quite liked him, and Birdie, Birdie's really good, you listen yeah, to Birdie? Yeah, Birdie, yeah. I think the first album was, what, she was 17, like, extraordinary, um, uh, 
Yeah, is that enough? I don't know. And you well, you can put forward as many artists as you like. They're getting free you? plugging right going? now. Put back. Who are you? Well, it depends what you're looking for. I think. Who if... are you and Nigel? Because Nigel knows about music as well. He's like. Well, I think we, me, and, me and him share a couple. Yeah, of, yeah. We're quite. Um, I want to say traditional in our tastes, but actually, it's probably not that traditional um, for our age ranges. But we're Joni Mitchell. You know, we're this is no anything modern. Bob Dylan. No, not at all. Okay. I tend to try and and I could be my opinion here is just my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but I see this. Uh, city is so charged all of the time and a lot of the music that comes out of it or the music that's in popular culture in general is just as charged energetically and I like to be able to I don't know filter my reality and create a totally different existence when I come home so generally for me if I'm listening to music here it is Joni Mitchell Blue and it, I could listen to that album a million yeah. times and it would yeah. it takes me out of Carol my King. reality. Carol King, yeah, exactly. And also a sneaky new one, which I would... I think anyone who's listening to this podcast needs to look him up. Eunius Mayvant. Okay. I, I've spoken I've to you about him before. Him. Yeah, yeah. He's probably one of the only newer artists that we listen to. He's this Icelandic right. guy. We see him... We actually travelled to um, Amsterdam to okay. see him live on Valentine's Day and then he cancelled and we did remind him at his London gig that he had cancelled. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's a a subculture that comes out of our city which is encouraging everybody to be very uniform in their tastes okay. a lot of the time and I don't find that uniform um, taste or behaviour conducive to a calming, but that, relaxing but, but environment. does that sometimes make you neglect something that actually you probably would enjoy just because for instance like I sent you the oh yeah the show yeah I'm I, a bit I, like I, mean, I mean how can you just that not think you and me performing that wouldn't be just absolutely amazing I just don't Have know not, I am a do bit not, of like, one do of you the... generally not like the song or is it oh it's just too popular no I think it is it is a bit that is too popular I am yeah. that person like if somebody mm. gives me a book or a, a film and that it's, it's but sometimes I know, I know. You know what I said. Yeah, but I did that I, with Game of Thrones as well. I didn't watch I Game of Thrones that. for four yeah. series yeah. because everyone was but banging on about it. But you came around, did you? Yeah. Say, yeah, and it was amazing. So yeah. who knows, give me four years, I might start listening okay. to that song. Another, oh, I just need to mention another album, which um, uh, it's, 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 a piece of music comes along every now and again that, that, that actually is, is inexplicably transcendental for me. And I think I saw this this um, this documentary once. I forget this guy that would do science things, and and he was studying music, and he got he got a person to listen to like piece of music that he really doesn't like, mm. a piece of music that that's kind of that he can tolerate, and a piece that he really loves, and then brain scanned him as he did it, and it was nondescript for the for the first two, but when. He listened to the one that he liked. His whole brain flooded with blood. And I literally, there's a couple of songs, uh, this album, and, and there's one song that actually, whenever I hear it, I can feel that happening to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just like, it takes me away every time I've heard it. And it's um, uh, Weird Fishes by Radiohead. Okay. That song, I just don't know what it is. And interestingly, they're both a bit electronic. And, and the album, the album that I love, and it's got association with me, because Jonathan, my brother, who, who passed in 2000, and ten, he he introduced this album. It's another um, Scandinavian 
album by a, a group called Rocksop and it's called The Understanding and it's just it's just in my opinion it's phenomenally beautiful and don't you know, and, and, you know I'm not against any genre but I haven't listened to a lot of electronica in mm. my time but um, maybe that's why they when they cut through they really do you know? yeah um, but I think uh, that's how I feel about most I mean, what's going music on, I actually Gaze? listen to yeah exactly that, that's that's my kind of you've probably just described exactly why I don't listen to loads of genres and why I actually get from the ones that I do because right. that's what you've just described is exactly what I feel when I'm listening to music that mm. I genuinely class as music and it sounds really pretentious but there's so much out there that I actually don't class as music at all mm. but that's just in my reality and I think that's why because I've always said to people that music for me needs to create a reaction like I have mm. to have some kind of um, response to whatever mm. is being communicated to me and I guess Mm. A lot of stuff I don't. Mm. I guess that, that makes music so very personal. But but there must be a huge backlog of stuff undiscovered for you. Yeah. For, you know, the, the, you know, that's what, the, that's that you exciting. Could mine. Yeah. 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 I mean, extension of a man as well. Donny Hathaway is is is, is extraordinary. Nexty. Um, you know, people go on about well, go on, but Marvin Gaye is held up and said, but for, for me personally, Donny Hathaway's mm. voice is the sole voice. Nigel agrees with you. Okay. Yeah. So we okay. we actually have this weird fight, which is a really unique one, and I would love to know if anyone else has ever had this argument. Um, it is really bizarre, but me and Nigel fight about whose version of a song for you is better. Okay. Uh, whether it is Karen Carpenter or Donny Hathaway. Don't tell me he's going for Donny. He's going for Donny. But you sound like you do. He's not signed with Karen Carpenter. I'm furious. I mean, you can understand why it's a big issue. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, please, anyone who has still... had that um, conversation comment on this post, because I doubt anyone else in the world has. To listen to John's music, you can find his albums Shanktown and February Shadows, both on iTunes and SoundCloud. And to finish this episode, we're going to do something special. So we'd like to share with you our version of John's song, A Friend Like You, one of my favourite pieces. I hope you enjoy. Friend, lie. 
this episode if you would like to discover more about living better london or the basic principles then please visit my website at www.livingbetterlondon.com or alternatively you can find us on instagram or facebook so if you do decide to adopt any of the basic principles of living better london i would love to be able to see your progress so if you can post your content on social media using the hashtag livingbetterlondon I can find you guys and give you a little bit of love.